Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Peace on earth, goodwill to all. These words were sung across the land at recent services, including ours. But peace seems in short supply in our world these days. I was shocked in early December to hear that there had been more mass shootings in the United States than actual days of the year. And I started thinking about how easy it is to feel helpless, to feel paralyzed, to even feel numb in response to the ongoing reporting about the violence in our world. And then being a Unitarian Universalist, I started looking into some of the facts about the shootings. And what was even more shocking to me was that many well-respected experts have determined that most of these shootings were motivated by personal disputes, not politics, not religion, not ideology. Many of the most egregious acts of violence this year in the category of mass murders were actually family disputes or disputes between friends that ended with three or more victims. I found this to be even more shocking. While most of us may not feel we have the skills or resources to have a major impact on world peace or on terrorism or on random acts of public violence, we certainly do have the ability, perhaps much more than we realize from day to day, to influence peace in our own relationships and thereby our own communities and perhaps then to reverse this trend of senseless violence. The title of this sermon, Peace Treaty, came from Thich Nhat Hanh's book, Anger, the subtitle of which is Wisdom for Cooling the Flames. And this is a book that I highly recommend to you. He proposes that in the face of anger, anger that naturally arises in all of us, that a peace treaty be created, even put in writing, between partners or parents, parents and children, or any of our dearest, closest relationships when the relationships need to be repaired, or as we read together, when we need to forgive ourselves, each other, and begin again in love. 
He describes such a peace treaty as a treaty of true love and encourages us to develop a peace strategy and arrange for personal peace talks when we find that a close relationship is suffering. He even provides language for us to use when we are struggling with restoring peace. And he suggests that we say, darling, I love you. I'm angry and I am suffering. I am doing my best. I am trying not to blame anyone else, including you. I need your help to get out of this anger, this suffering. Please help me. If you're already thinking it's no use, my partner, my parent, my child, my friend, they'll never change, let me tell you a story. But first, we say as Unitarian Universalists that we promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person, but how many of us can truly say that we do this? Every person, even our enemies? Yes, we all have enemies if we're honest about it. Drawing again on Buddhism, I find over and over that when the Dalai Lama teaches, he powerfully reframes our common experiences and helps us to put our UU beliefs into action. For example, consider this approach to problematic people in one's life or maybe even one's congregation. The Dalai Lama says, if you can cultivate the right attitude, your enemies are your best spiritual teachers. I'm gonna repeat that. Your enemies are your best spiritual teachers because their presence provides you with the opportunities to enhance and develop your capacity for compassion. So even for the practice of your own spiritual path, the presence of the enemy is critical. I can personally attest to the transformative nature of working at this practice. I found myself becoming truly grateful for certain enemies in my life and this transformed me and somehow healed the relationships. In a prior career, I found it extremely difficult to be around someone I worked for. I had lengthy meetings with him, and I would try to practice being grateful for him and to be more compassionate. I would breathe and imagine that like all of us, he wanted to be happy in his life. I would acknowledge that even if I didn't know the details, that like all of us, he had suffered in his life. And I would consider or remind myself that we were more connected than separate. And I would wish him well. I'll be honest, at first this practice was extremely difficult. But it got easier, and since we were together a lot, I had a lot of time to practice. Something changed, and our relationship really improved. I imagined that what changed was me, that I became 
more open-hearted, and I suspect that even if it wasn't on a conscious level, that he responded to the fact that I had become more open-hearted. I encourage you to try to appreciate the family members, the coworkers, the neighbors, the other people in your life who are presenting you with the opportunity to be more compassionate. This takes time, but give it a few months of prolonged practice and see what might happen. Similarly, Thich Nhat Hanh says, it's wrong to think that if the other person does not change or improve, then nothing can be improved. There are always ways to create more peace, joy, and harmony, and you have access to them. The way you walk, the way you breathe, the way you smile, all of this is very important. You must begin with this. He reminds us that we must begin with our own sense of peace. Maybe the new year is the year to take new steps towards your inner peace. You know what you've been thinking of doing for your own well-being. If not now, when? And perhaps we might each find a way to be the catalyst for the repair of other relationships. Once upon a time, there were two sisters who lived side by side. They both owned farms. One grew the sweetest grapes for miles around, and the other one grew vegetables. A small creek ran between the two farms, and for decades, they were as close as sisters could be. Folks in town said, if you ever saw one sister, the other had to be nearby. They shared life together, meals, tools, stories. Their children played together in the creek. Life was peaceful. Then one day they had a disagreement. It wasn't about much, but they couldn't resolve it. Slowly the disagreement became an argument and bitterness set into each other's heart. Then they stopped communicating entirely. You know how this happens. One day, a sister answered a knock at the door. There stood a carpenter. Hello, ma'am, I'm looking for work, he said. Do you have anything that needs building? Yes, I do, replied the sister. She pointed to her sister's farm next door and said, that farm belongs to my sister. We were best friends, but she suddenly becomes so unreasonable and I can no longer stand the sight of her. I would like you to build a tall fence between our properties so I no longer have to look at her. The carpenter replied, okay, I understand your need. I know exactly what to do, and he set to work. The sister decided to do her weekly shopping so she wouldn't be in his way. When she returned, she was shocked to see that the carpenter had not built a fence, but instead had constructed a beautiful bridge across the creek. It was sturdy and wide, 
with great, graceful handrails and carved posts. Before she could object, her sister came out of the house and also saw the bridge. Her sister approached her side of the bridge and said, I have been so foolish, how could have I forgotten? You are the most loving person in the world. I am so lucky you are my sister. And she started across the bridge. The sister rushed to meet her in the middle. Both apologized, hugged, kissed, and maybe cried a little. They turned to the carpenter who had known exactly what to do. They wanted to do something nice for him. They said, we have a lot of other jobs that you can do around the farm. Thanks, he said, but I'll be moving on. I've got some other fences to build. Opportunities abound right here at Arlington Street. The ASC transformation team is sponsoring a bridge building opportunity on January 9th when embracing an anti-racist worldview will be offered. And our social action committee has a goal along with Emanuel Church of assembling 20,000 meals on January 24th here in the parish hall as part of Stop Hunger Now. And these are just the tip of the iceberg of the opportunities that are available. So in addition to our own peace treaties with those we love, in addition to our own work on inner peace, in this new year, may we all watch for the opportunities to build bridges wherever reconciliation is needed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.